Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Dublin Tech Talks. It's Gavin Fox here. Uh, on the episode today, we're speaking with Lee Bristow, who is co-founder of Affinity Risk Solutions. Uh, we talk around uh, the importance of risk and compliance, uh, third-party risk solutions, uh, why organizations should be looking at a, a risk solution, um, You know how early that should be, what policies we need to look at uh, as an organization, what keeps you safe, um, and everything in between. Um, we hope you enjoy the podcast. As always, we'd like to thank Marcel Meyer and Work Human for allowing us to have the podcast. Hope you enjoy. Lee Bristow, co-founder of Finity Risk Solutions. Welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. Thank you very much, Gavin. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, yeah. We met at a procurement conference, uh, and it's good to have you in the podcast studio now. Yeah, we we met, and I think the very first thing that we started talking about was rugby. Uh, and we, uh, I was going to get there, but uh, this is going to go out after the fact. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll lay our we'll lay our, our colours on the on the floor now. <laughs> uh, so definitely South Africa to go all the way in terms of the win. It's just like you know, you have to go in there, right? I'm, I'm there so on Saturday, so uh, better not go that way, or I'll be very depressed Sunday flight home. I'll send you a WhatsApp just congratulating <laughs> you on uh, on some good drinking and and a well well earned loss. Yeah, no, it's the it's the leaving the the stadium at about half eleven trying to get back into Paris. That's going to be the highlight for everybody, I think, that Ooh, weekend. Yeah. So, Finity Risk Solutions. Can you give us a bit of an outline of what your business is, what are risk solutions, and and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Finity was founded originally back in 2017 uh, in South Africa, and we had some some really good success around supporting organizations manage something called third-party risk management, uh, and we landed a number of really big logos, and after a couple of years, we, we decided to pivot into the European Union, and we reestablished essentially creating a new startup uh, uh, called Finity International. Uh, and that has been going for two years now uh, in the European Union and focusing primarily on European growth, essentially. Um, and yeah, the, the gap in the market is is that there is a massive um, issue around risk and compliance being very manual still. Uh, a lot of the, the various processes around it have automated. So things like sales processes have really automated, technical processes have, have been automated since and financial automation has been around for the last 20, 30 years. But risk and compliance uh, has been very much behind the curve. And the main reason I think be- the main reason I think is because there's a lot of unstructured data within yeah. that sort of space. So we're creating uh, a platform that supports organizations implement um, custom risk and compliance solutions. And that is what's what's kind of making or helping us stand uh, above the rest, if you will. So you mean risk and compliance, obviously GDPR. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no, don't go there. No. Um, is that not what risk and no, compliance is in 2023? No, no, that's not what risk and compliance <laughs> is in 2023. And it hasn't been since, I think, 2012 when uh, GDPR was kind of launched. Um, I think the biggest challenge with GDPR was that it, you needed a bunch of lawyers in the room to try and figure mm. out what you were supposed to be doing. It became a lot clearer after a, after a while, but basically GDPR became this thing that you loaded onto your website for cookies, um, <laughs> and then you were compliant. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would shoot me for for saying that, but um, that's what it felt like, and that's kind of what it is. I think so. it is. I think you're bang on <laughs> what that is. Uh, I haven't seen somebody yet get uh, done for anything GDPR compliance yet, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a hard process to do. So... Wh- 
risk and compliance. So who who are your customers that you, that you're talking to at the moment? And, and it's obviously very important. You mm-hmm. know, everybody yeah. financially wise, compliance is is a massive. Look at lar- some of the largest fintechs here in Ireland. They're 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 a risk and compliance solution for for finance organisations or 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 even B two B type organisations. So. Who 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 are you talking to? What what is the what is the products? What's that problem that you're solving? Uh, and you know where did it evolve from? So the the evolution uh, came through from IT actually. So specifically within financial institutions, there was a kind of a big drive to identify critical uh, IT vendors, um, and that was brought about through certain legislation in the European Union and also within Mm. the banking and insurance sector. And being in IT, they decided we need systems for this. Uh, They went to procurement. Procurement is, of course, more interested in actually paying people versus uh, analyzing the underlying IT infrastructure. And also, they're not the subject matter experts. Mm. So you basically, you need to create this sort of secondary loop, if you will, into the procurement system that would support this analysis. Uh, and that's primarily where the main use case that I, that that we were chatting about earlier, which is third-party risk yeah. management, right? So that was that was almost the the kind of the birth of operational risk management, um, and what is now being coined by Gartner as integrated risk management, or other in kind of more traditional GRC, okay? So governance, risk, and compliance. Yeah. So that was the birth of where. Uh, the sort of, let's say, tsunami came from uh, is from IT. But what we're seeing is that this is not just an IT problem. This is actually a business-wide problem because as additional legislation comes along, it requires other types of expertise. So, for example, we talked about GDPR. There is a privacy element. Mm. So part of GDPR is that you need to analyze um, your third parties in terms of what information you're sharing with them, how they're processing it, and what are their structures around storing, removing, uh, and and deleting that data. So each one of those is, let's call the center of excellences within an organization. So when you've got these multiple pods that need to be checked in with validating information that is coming from third parties, you need a workflow and automation system that will actually allow internal workflows and external workflows and allow subject matters to be able to actually Mm. put feed or feed into them. And then only once all of those have actually uh, gone through a review process, have ensured that this critical IT vendor that now also needs to be assessed against privacy, health and safety, uh, ESG, all of these other little Mm. uh, acronyms that are coming into the, into kind of, well, becoming in vogue at the moment, require a central workflow that would be able to continuously analyze um, the risks coming into these businesses. And ultimately, they need to take a risk-based approach to compliance. So ESG is going to be the next thing that is going to trip up everybody and go, oh, now we need a workflow system for ESG. No, you don't. What you need is an aggregated platform that would support IT, health and safety, ESG, um, and then put the other acronym Mm. SOUPS into the mix and that's what you actually need. You don't need another platform that will do X, Y, and Z. You need a, a workflow, a form and workflow platform with maybe some rating agency information, 
So that would be like Dunham Bradstreet or uh, any kind of uh, Supply Wisdom or Black Kite, any one of these cyber risk rating or, or, or third-party risk rating or health and safety or ESG risk rating type solutions aggregating into these workflows because then you're creating something that is actually useful. It, it embeds a process within a large organization, which brings you to the, the next part of your question, which is who are the personas? Yeah. Uh, and the types of organizations. So the personas that would typically want something like this is all of the heads that I spoke about. So that would be your your CISO, your CTO, your yeah. probably your FD procurement would definitely want it as well. So it would be at that leadership, ops leadership. And the reason why they want it is because very often each one of those compliance things needs to be reported at a board level. So you need to show that you're actually doing an analysis of your ESG requirements across your business. That's quite complex, right? Because you yeah. need to look at your third parties, you need to look internally, you need to look at your staff, you need to look up your staff makeup, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. You need to bring all of that information in. So most of that is going to be based on a few metadata uh, meta or few bits of metadata that you can pull in from different systems plus form and workflow information because remember as I said to you a lot of the risk information and compliance information is sitting in people's heads or in unstructured data so you need to capture that through a particular method and, that and that's is your personas yeah, yeah. that's the framework you've built is it that's the framework exactly okay. yeah and and you, you kind of hear horror stories around you know, risk and compliance and, and frameworks and different things like that. Yeah. Are you seeing more been engagement early now with the risk of, of, of defaulting within this space or is it still there's a lot of kind of firefighting going on or what way are you seeing the engagement levels happening? Yeah, it it, it depends, right? So, um, so normally what you would typically see is there is like a new piece of legislation, like for example, the GDPR example that we used earlier, is you basically, you drag in a whole bunch of consultants and lawyers and they pull this apart and they put it back together again and say, you need to put in cookies and this. Here's a hefty bill. <laughs> <laughs> and here is, is our invoice. Uh, and it doesn't really kind of give you like, what are the controls? What are the, what are the mm. things that I need to embed into my business? What are the things that I need to do around educating my staff around? Uh, GDPR is an example. But there's also new stuff that's coming down the line. So Dora's coming down the line. There's going to be a whole bunch of changes around operational resilience that needs to be embedded yeah. into financial institutions and also IT institutions uh, around their resilience. So, you know, what are the actual underlying controls that need to be defined and embedded into yeah. an organization? Make it simple, I think. And this is one of the biggest challenges that I have uh, when it comes to risk and compliance is if the, from a legislative perspective, uh, it could be a lot more like the standards. So for example, like ISO yeah. or SWIFT or, SWIFT is a great example. Um, so they've got something called security controls. Um, I stand corrected, I think it's 34 uh, of which 24 or 25 are mandatory or 28, whatever the number is. Um, and it's very prescriptive. Yeah. These are the controls you need. This is the evidence that you need. You do this, you're compliant. So from a legislative perspective, 
bring that kind of thing down the line, which is more of a, these are mandatory specific controls that you would want. And again, from a legislative perspective, they are starting to do that, but that would be the ideal version is make it practical, make it easy, mm. because then a lot of this can actually be automated because it will be very much more like a standards type, type scenario, uh, which is a lot easier to embed into, into an organization, which then talks to the personas of the types of companies that you're mentioning. So I was just about to ask you what type of companies, yeah. would, at what level do you need to start considering this, this. And, and then yeah. engaging? Obviously, if you're involved in a, a reg tech or a fintech type businesses, you need to have your ISOs if you're, if you're in a formulated business or a, a, a compliance or industry. But the majority aside, this, this doesn't affect you for the first couple of years. Mm, yeah, sort of. Until <laughs> <laughs> the bill comes in. <laughs> yeah, it, probably the best way to kind of deal with this very often is to to kind of look at one of the industry standards. So you look mm. at NIST or ISO from from a controls perspective, information security, yeah. cybersecurity. That gives you quite a good baseline in terms of the policies, procedures, and standards that you need, and what you need to be implementing in terms of analyzing your risk from an IT yeah. perspective. That's that's a that's a decent example. It also takes into account things like looking at legislation that would affect your organization. So that's why that that kind of a standard is a really great way to to address it, especially if you're a small organization. Yeah. And it's also it allows you to almost do it as a self-regulating process, if you will. When it, when you start getting slightly bigger, um, that is when the types of technology that Finity start to make sense because yeah. you've got a lot of complexity then because you've got multiple people, you've got siloed situations or like siloed um, teams, um, centers of excellence, all of that kind of stuff creates these little pods um, that don't operate particularly well together and that's where Affinity would, would yeah. work really well. In smaller organizations, uh, it's very often easier just to keep it on on a simple Excel spreadsheet like a Google Doc or something like that, um, just to keep track of where you're at. Uh, also, just even from a policy perspective, managing the reviews of your policies, um, doing the attestations of your policies, yeah. so basically distributing for everyone distributing your policies to everyone so that they can kind of sign off and say that they've so, um, as an example. Sorry to cut across, but like say startup, just thinking they'd have to have a security policy in relation to usage of systems. Correct. Very simplistic. Yeah. You, but you have to have that early doors or you get over five people and suddenly, you know, we'll, we'll get into it in a few, but the AI side of things, can I put like my putting core code into into chatbot and see what comes back you know like <laughs> criminal but I'm, I'm pretty sure some people have you know but is there a policy at early doors like if, if an employee does that and there's no policy against it can they be fired no so there is that simplistic type of early doors policy and procedures that you have to create that's why I suggested from a from a small company perspective mm. the the best my, in my view the best kind of kind of entry solution for this is basically two two products. So the first one is a central store where you can house all your policies, yeah. uh, which is linked to all of your employees, which you can then distribute that policy to each employee and then get them to sign hmm. that they have read and understood the impact of that policy. Yeah. Okay. So if you have in there, I shall not copy any code and drop it into any chat like GPT or whatever the case may be for it to do X, Y, and Z mm. for me, then that's in the policy. They've read it, they've understood it. And if, and at the very bottom, if you do that, you shall be fired. Yeah. So 
that kind of basic policy attestation solution, I think is absolutely key for any size company. Yeah. Uh, and the second one would be a remediation workflow. So a remediation workflow is when you've identified something, put it somewhere and get somebody to fix it. Okay. okay? It's, it's really, it's that simple. So it was actually uh, anyone who's familiar with Ray Dalio. Uh, Ray Dalio recently put out a book, I think in 2017, 2018, called Principles. It was the was the basis of his work um, over the last sort of 20, 25 years. And one of those principles uh, is around basically when you see something, say something. So he had a principle which is if you mess up, tell someone. Mm. Put it in the log, let's fix it. Because if we if you if you cover it up, that's when shit happens. Yeah. Uh, and he obviously worked in a bank, did he? <laughs> he actually created one of the one of the most successful investment companies in the US. Yeah. Um, and he systemized basically everything. He worked back in the eighties um, on the very first computers that came out and oh, started okay. systemizing yeah. a lot of the trades. Um, and he's just one of those guys that basically looks at the human behavior and kind of thinks about how can I systemize absolutely everything and put the checks and balances in it. But yeah, it's from a startup, regardless of the size of the business that you're at, uh, I would say those, two, well, you would probably need at least two people, but your policies yeah. uh, and a remediation log because that shows you and shows any auditor yeah. that you are identifying problems and you're remediating them within a given period of time. Yeah. And, and it might be important year one, but if you're suddenly selling into a government type business, you're going to have to have loads of, you're going to have to have the full policies there anyway. So you might as well start early and, and, and build on it rather than firefight later. Yeah, very much so. And and I think this whole concept of, of actually implementing policies early is actually relatively new. Mm. Where it, I think, is starting to gain quite a lot of momentum is through the adoption of ISO, mm. uh, ISO 27001. Um, and we're seeing that pretty much across the board. So once you've adopted ISO, I think it works out to be around about 12 or 13 uh, artifacts that are required. And one of them is an information security yeah. policy. and But all of it is predominantly around security. But once it starts getting embedded into an organization, the next challenge that comes up typically mm. is okay so now we've got a policy so what yeah how are we how are we monitoring that how are we tracking that what are the what are the actual controls so if the control says i will have two-factor authentication enabled okay how are you how are you confirming that how mm. are you how are you implementing that what systems have you got there to validate that you've got two-factor authentication across every single application that your organization logs into? Yeah. Okay, so what do I need? I need a application log. So I need a list of all my applications. Okay, fantastic. Now I've got a list of all my applications. Have I validated that two-factor authentication is on? Yes, I have. Okay, so you've got 20, maybe 30 applications, core applications, and you validated that all, all of that is on. So you can see how quickly yeah, having a policy gets very complex very quickly. That's why you need a good solution. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Finity. Just saying. So um, last thing that I want to kind of bring up, and, and it's go going to become more involved within risk compliance, any kind of solution within, we briefed or touched on a brief layer and AI and, and just that general evolution of what that can bring into an organization. It, how is that going to affect 
a compliance or even a third party uh, risk management solution and, and everything that goes with that. What what do you see in that? And I know we, we mentioned before or we talked privately because you're writing a book in this space. So what what is the thought process in this and what, what, what should we be looking at as an organization? Lot, lots in there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> we have an a, sm- a small closing statement. <laughs> Watch the space, guys. <laughs> uh, so I think just at a very high level, I, I have a hypothesis, and the hypothesis is that in order for organizations to actually leverage AI properly, they're going to have to implement a system mm an aggregated system that looks at at different parts of the business. So if risk and compliance is a component, right? So, well, risk and compliance is across any business. Yeah. So if you've got a risk and compliance platform, what you would want to do is understand what are your different areas of risk that you've got. And we just mentioned one of those, which is applications and two-factor authentication. Then you've got privacy and you've got yeah. information security, cybersecurity, uh, health and safety, and all of these different things coming into this view. So where AI can come in is in kind of three areas that I see. The first one is capturing of information. So as I highlighted, AI can potentially be very useful in uh, unstructured data and analyzing unstructured data. It can then take that unstructured data potentially and be able to compare that to structured information and highlight risks. Because it's got that kind of infinite memory, if you will, and and kind of infinite processing power, it can actually start using that to start potentially predicting uh, events occurring okay, within yeah. your within your organization. So that's kind of the the, 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 the evolution of where I think we're going to get to. Uh, how we're going to get there and the vehicle and the building blocks and all that kind of stuff is going to be, uh, I, we'll figure it out over the next 18 to 24 months. Um, but AI has a massive opportunity, well, organizations have a massive opportunity to leverage AI within the space, um, both in terms of managing and understanding that unstructured data, and then on the other side in terms of the output. And remember I told you risk and compliance is a board problem. Yeah. So if the board actually has that kind of visibility, they can start making investment decisions a lot more clearly, Mm. and also pull out money a lot sooner. And, and not wait for the firefighting to happen. Yeah, I'm sure there will always be some firefighting <laughs> because, uh, yeah, business is not fun if you're not running down the road with your hair on fire, right? <laughs> yes, no, I, yeah, that's the joys of it. Uh, Lee, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, on on the vision of everybody running down the road with their <laughs> hair on fire. Ah, no, stop. <laughs> uh, if people want to find you on LinkedIn or where yeah, can they find so you? Yeah, so you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, just type in Lee Bristow uh, and Risk. I um, you'll you'll find your, me. I'll have your links you'll here. You'll find well. me. You'll find me. Uh, otherwise, uh, feel free to drop me uh, an email or uh, a chat anytime. It'll be great. Thank you very much, Lee Bristow, co-founder of Finity Risk Solutions. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Gavin.